We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the final installment installment of the tournament breakdown slash coverage slash I'm going to miss everything about it. <laughs> I'm back here again in studio with my buddy, Alan. What's up, Alan? How was your weekend? Because I know we didn't spend it together for the first time, I think, in the tournament. But how did your weekend go? Uh, after between Purdue, Virginia, and Duke, Michigan State, pretty fantastic. Although, bracket definitely took a lot of beating. Yeah, my bracket is busted. I know when uh, my money group outside of the VM bracket, which uh, let's check the VM bracket quick because up top is Chino. Who has Texas Tech winning it all? Damn, I alive was, and well, right there. I had Gonzaga winning it all, and I was looking at this dude. I'm like, oh, this dude's gonna get it on Saturday because I think I was like in tenth in VM, right? And I, was, and I, I was like the only one really with Gonzaga. Maybe it was a few people under me. Lamb actually had Gonzaga, but he was below me. I was like, oh, if Gonzaga just steal this, and then what a dud on Saturday. Man, Chino is super chilling because everyone behind him, their champ is out. There's no Virginia. Dude, I can't find. The, I don't think. The, nope, no Virginia. Oh my God, people I, against I, Virginia. I, I think Gino has this wrapped up already. There's no. Uh, I assume There's no Michigan Dukes, State. UNC's, Michigan's, Tennessee's. Man, no one believed in Virginia. Dude, Tony Bennett. This is Tony. Oh, well, we'll see what happens. I guess um, people still have. I guess a team available in the finals. Ooh, which is possible because I see there's some possible points running. But Gino is pretty much. A heavy, heavy favorite to lock this thing up here. Which I is wonder if he's a Texas Tech fan. Because very interesting. I think he is from Texas. Okay. Because that has to be the only reason. Because <laughs> they were so under the radar. I know they won the Big 12. Or were they co-winners? Um, with, with Kansas State, maybe? Well, can, yeah. Kansas State yeah. won it. I know because they were the number one seed in the in the right. tournament, the conference tournament. But, uh, yeah, they're right there. So, shout out to Chino, man. Looks like he's going to take that down. But, uh, yeah, my other money group, like I was saying, I had Virginia winning it all. Uh, that's about the only thing I had right because I'm at the bottom of the group <laughs> um, with no chance to place in the money, which is sad because my champion's still alive. But, um, yeah, my bracket's just about busted as well. Um, Everyone was complaining about chalk. Now no more chalk, and look what happens. I know. The no consequences. got to say the biggest disappointment is uh, Duke not in the Final Four. And very fortunate based on two – Close calls. They just, I just love the fact that Duke almost got eliminated on an inbounds play, and then they finally got eliminated on an inbounds play. Right. I mean, shoot, like you survived two close calls back to back, like you're gonna lose one of these eventually. So mm-hmm. um, ultimately, it happened. And if you look at like the Elite Eight, I mean, you had guys like Carson Edwards there, right? Who God. I'm just like speaking ratings wise from like CBS or whoever's. I think probably gonna be CBS hosting the Final Four. Right. Uh, you probably would have loved to have Carson Edwards there. You probably would have loved to have the Blue Blood Kentucky there. Of course. Duke is Duke. Like, Zion would have mm-hmm. drawn eyes just for that. And then Gonzaga. Gonzaga cool. Right? Yeah. So, it's like, 
I bet you the TV is pissed about this Final Four because I think everything that could have gone wrong went wrong for them. Yeah, because you look at the like we'll obviously do a deep dive into the Final Four, but in terms of, like NBA prospects, was it Jared Culver, DeAndre Hunter? Those are, like the best players like you're looking at as potential stars in the NBA. Yeah. That's about it. And then you have like Cassius Winston, who's a college star, but not really, you know. Same as like Jared Harper as well. Right, right, right. So, like not much NBA prospects, yeah, but like yeah. a really good. Star power is lacking this one. But you have good stories, which helps. And I do think the quality of play will still be very good. I don't think it's going to be like a Leola. So no, no disrespect to Leola, but God, that, that Final Four matchup with yeah. Michigan last year was brutal. I will say some great coaches too, like Tom Izzo. Chris Bruce Beard. Pearl, Chris Beard and Tony Bennett finally gets yeah. to the Final Four. By the way, Bruce Pearl is the Frank Martin of this year, just what he's doing with, not just the SEC comparison, but I think he's really cultivated at school, but also everyone's getting behind him. Like, I remember when Frank Martin was doing his thing with South Carolina, everyone was loving Frank Martin, all his interviews. I think everyone's really getting behind Bruce Pearl. I know he had the whole FBI issue, which was, what, like eight years ago? But right, with Tennessee. I, yeah, think, yeah. I think people like now, and the, the whole Kiki situation. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah so. But uh, you want to start? First yeah, region? Well, let's get to the Sweet 16. A little recap first. Let's run run it back. Uh, start with the Duke Vatek game, right? It came down to the Ahmed Hill. Missed, I guess, tipping? I don't know. Like, when I saw it live and then the replay, like, it looked like he was not sure, I guess, how far he was from the basket because it looked like he just – he could have shot it, right? First, so, from my perspective, I thought he could have he caught and shot it. But it looked like he just like dropped it almost like an like an alley oop type thing or a layup like where he's just like oh, I'm gonna you know lightly feather this into the hoop whereas not nah, he has to give him some oomph behind it. And I'm, I'm not sure if he knew how much up. time was left because one point one left on the clock, right? So maybe or it could have been that even. Yeah, like I'm not sure, but in terms of just uh, inbounds play, the execution could have been better. Like, oh it's my god, that opening just how on earth is to see credit to Buzz Williams who continues to be very underappreciated just when you rank all the coaches. I know people like Buzz Williams, but I don't think he gets enough credit for it. You know, that Virginia Tech team, they're like a seven-man rotation. I love Blackshear. Uh, Alexander Walker was like the only player they didn't really play. That well, but Robinson was on. Hill was on. Like, they're really – they just work hard. And you just, you can tell there's no blowing them out. Like, I, that's what we talked about. We're like, there's no way Duke's going to blow them out. His team is just too gritty. And they, I was surprised at how well they shot, especially in the first half. They were they were hitting threes left right. and right. And Buzz Williams, too, who's specula- speculated now to leave for uh, Texas A&M. I don't know if you saw that. It kind of sucks because he was doing great things with Vontae. It's weird, but Buzz leaves these positions at like times because he was really good on Marquette. I know, with I know. Jimmy Butler and Lazar Hayward. Like, and then he just left. But look, he did great things with Virginia Tech. Texas A&M must have a lot of money. But people forget Texas A&M was really good last year. Remember they smoked North Carolina? Yeah, well, they had great talent. They had like Robert Williams, who was an uh, NBA draft pick. And right. Tyler Williams, I think his name was. And DJ Hogue was shooting DJ Hogue, that's right. Um, so, so yeah, they had some good teams. I could, I could see why Texas A&M appealed. I know they were horrible this year, but I could see why Buzz is going there. But Virginia yeah. Tech, I thought they really overachieved this year, and just for them to take Duke to the limit. But with Duke, it just uh, you have to give credit to Trey Jones. He found his stroke. Every time Trey Jones took a three in that game, I'm like, why? And it would go in. I was like, don't do it. <laughs> he made it. Like every, yeah. I think it was like five for seven. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. So like career-ish game because – I mean, when you see Trey Jones with the ball, you're like, you dare him to shoot. Like, that's the shot you want right. as a defense. Um, but, yeah, so just going back, I mean, looking at Virginia Tech, I thought uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who we talked about after the first round, was kind of underwhelming, like yeah. really underwhelming. He was the only one I thought. I thought everyone else played pretty well. I know Blackshear kind of had his misses near the bucket. but okay. I mean, yeah, when you were near in the paint against, like, Zion yeah. yeah, Zion and stuff. Zion also had a shot 11 for 14 that game, of course, at a monster right. game. But, uh, yeah, my only gripe about that game was, like I said, Nikhil Alexander-Walker going 3 for 10. Kind of an underwhelming tour. Uh, underwhelming tournament for what is projected to be a first round pick, right? right? So yeah. you know, I would have liked to see him perform better. But yeah, all in all, I mean, I, Virginia Tech couldn't really have played a better game there. Your boys, LSU, yeah, man, yeah, got <laughs> kind of got run out the gym from the jump. I mean, I know they cut it to four. They had a nice run to end the half. I think it was a six zero run, and they or the start of the second half. I remember like Winston had yeah. a bad turnover. I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, it was like six zero run to end the half yeah. with a Tremont Waters three, and then to start the half. Another tree mile waters three hundred. At some point, they cut it to four before like the under sixteen timeout. But uh, Michigan State was just like too much. Tom Izzo, and you know what's funny? You know who had the biggest role in? I think in that game, Aaron Henry, who mm-hmm. who you know kind of not infamously, but went viral with the Tom Izzo, whole Tom Izzo coaching clip where he right. was like chewing him out beforehand. Since then, this dude has been like a stud. He was nine for 14, 20, 20 points, eight boards. Like that dude was just all over. Had his fingerprints all over that game. So shout out to. 
Aaron Henry for really taking it to LSU. And then some dude named Gabe Brown, who I never heard of before the game, at like oh, 15. Yeah. Freshman, yeah. Yeah, Michigan State. Sharpshooter, bucking threes. And he, he, I mentioned before the tournament, I was like, I don't like Michigan State because Langford mm-hmm. uh, got Ward was banged up. Right, right. Yeah. No, I, was, I couldn't have been more wrong. And Goins hasn't really shot that well. He's one of the main contributors. And McQuaid, I don't think, even scored to like the late second half. So the fact that they're getting these contributions elsewhere, that's the reason why Michigan State's in the Final Four. Yeah, especially that particular game. Like you said, those guys didn't contribute. And those are the elder statesmen of the team. Like Kenny Goins, 50-year senior. Mm-hmm. Nick Ward's elder statesman. McQuaid's a senior, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, they really got it from Gary Brown, the freshman, for three. Cassius Winston, obviously, you know, Big Ten. Was he Big Ten Player of the Year? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's – Yeah, him or my man Ethan Happ. Yeah, one of the elite guards. Yeah, Ethan Happ. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that was kind of one of the uglier games of the the weekend, I'd yeah. say, uh, despite all the great games. But, uh, another one that got – that wasn't really close was Gonzaga-Florida State. They always seem like they were in control, Gonzaga. I just think Florida State, when they're not shooting well, just they're going to be in a dogfight. But Gonzaga just had too many scoring options, and they eventually went through. Hachimura had a big game. Yeah, and I, I think I still think like Kofer would have – been a difference. I know he had obviously. It's outside shooting, absolutely. Because other than Trent Forrest, I didn't think anyone played particularly well. Right, right. State. It was yeah, it was just Trent Forrest and then a whole lot of nothing. But um, yeah, Hachimura dominated. Brandon Clark again had another good game. Mm-hmm. As we said, all tournament fifteen and twelve double double. So right. just continued to be a force down low. Um, yeah, Norvell didn't really have a particular game, and Josh Perkins either. I was definitely a little disappointed with Florida State, given how good they looked against Murray State, and you just thought, given last year, I, you knew Gonzaga wasn't going to get blown out again because they have way more options this year, but. You figured Florida State with all the momentum they had. I know. Terrence Mann couldn't have had a worse game. Oh, he, he was shot brutal. horrible yeah. from the field. I kind I of Cabanelli kind of struggled. Right, right. Kumaji got an early foul trouble. Kumaji had like two fouls in the first minute. We're like, really? Yeah. Like you, <laughs> this kind of game, we need you in because Gonzaga has height. Right. And yeah, I know so versatile. Yeah, yeah, like he would have been per- a perfect answer for Brendan Clark. Right. But I know he only plays, what, 16, 18 minutes a game, but still it's useful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. it would have helped slow Brendan Clark, you know, a little right. bit. Um. But yeah, so Gonzaga kind of moved out really easily. And then Texas Tech blew by Michigan. Oh my God, you want to talk about the worst performance of the week? No, yeah, easily. Uh, no answer, I guess, for that that suffocating defense of Texas Tech. Like, what they have? Like, tw- I think they had like 25 points with 13 minutes to go, Michigan. It was something like that. They yeah. only had 16 first half points. And it was disgusting. It just it was tough to watch. Just a team with so much experience and talent for them just to flounder like that. But look, Texas Tech. There's no easy baskets really with them. They force everything. And Michigan, there were kind of concerns about them not being particularly good shooting team. Even though I do feel like they have good shooters with um, Poole and Matthews and everyone else on that team, Livers as well. Teske too could even step yes. out and shoot it. So I was shocked that they couldn't create more openings. And I think I saw a stat with my man Xavier Sampson, who I'm a huge fan of, or Xavier Sampson, excuse me. Uh, he had like one rebound, two assists, and like five turnovers or something. Like he's a guy who fills up the stat sheet. He does everything. Right. And for him to have more turnovers than rebounds, assists, and points combined, and it just goes to show you yeah. how dominant they were. Right? Literally nothing fell for Michigan. They shot one for 19 from three. So, <laughs> I mean, when you shoot one for 19 from three, I'm going to go with 99 and a half times out of 100, you're losing that game. And, te- and that's exactly what happened. And Texas Tech hit some crazy shots. Uh, Moretti and Mooney were hitting some odd threes. Tariq Owens was tomahawking dudes. Man. Oh, dude. <laughs> Tariq Owens only We were time. texting each other about that. He like... He did make some crazy athletic plays where he like that catch, one alley oop. Oh yeah, my god! Like catch the ball facing the perimeter, turn around and dunk it in midair. It was like ridiculous. Yeah. I still think Jalen Smith against Belmont has the dunk of the tournament. But Tariq Owens, he was he was trying to break the hoop. Yeah, that was that was a uh, rather impressive um, from a former Johnny's. We got to throw him in there. You know, know, some love. He went from not make not not being able to play in the NIT to now making the Final <laughs> Four. What an unbelievable story! But we also have to give credit Texas Tech. Just they were seventh. Projected seventh to going to the year, like the you know the, the preseason. Conference. Yeah, yeah. How insane is that? I know the Big Twelve is really good, but seventh we're talking about bubble at best. Right, right. And look at them now. Yeah. And they lost six out of their seven scores, including Keen Evans, who was really good last year. Right. Culver was really the only Smith guy. who went to the draft. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and they finished as a three C too, which is even more you know impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on though to the South, we have Virginia, Oregon. Uh, there, like we said last week, um, this game is not for the faint of heart, and it was going to be a defensive struggle, and that's exactly what it was, as it barely cracked 100 points. I thought Oregon kind of blew it. They had a, some really good opportunities. King was hitting some threes. I know Pritchard kind of struggled, but they were really suffocating 
Virginia and just given that Kyle Guy struggled so much, it's like you gotta capitalize that and just I think Oregon just didn't have enough scores at the end, but I thought they left them off the hook. Quote really great Denny Green. Yeah, yeah. Uh King Louie as uh Bill Walton likes to, I love when uh, Bill Walton oh, calls back to a basketball <laughs> he's just like uh Emil Amin he was calling him like the Egyptian pharaoh and like <laughs> Luke King was King Louie. But um yeah, I mean I don't know, there just wasn't a whole lot of scoring, a whole lot of offense for um Oregon really outside of Pritchard and Lou King, um, you know, no one's really getting it done from the perimeter. So Virginia did just enough defensively, as they always do. I mean, right. I mean, offensively, I should, mm-hmm. just, just enough offensively, mm-hmm. um, as they always do. Diakate just continues to step up. He's such a presence down. Well, I thought he was just some guy who plays 12, 14 minutes, but he's really taken, I guess, the initiative. He's been, because Virginia didn't really play Salt or Huff in that game. They were strictly seven-man rotation. Right. So that was yeah, really surprising. Yeah, they really cut it. That was weird. I think the match their athleticism because Oregon's a super athletic team, so and they're super win. small. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So that made sense. I mean, it wasn't really a game. Tony for Bennett, man, hate him all you want. This guy is successful, and yeah. he made the adjustments to in game win too, it, nonetheless. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah. So Dick Haite got thirty five minutes that game. Pretty much cleaned up the glass all game. Eleven rebounds, a couple blocks thrown in there. Um, but it was they got contributions everywhere that game. I mean, Kyle Guy double digits did not have a good game shooting. Yeah, DeAndre Hunter did not have a good game shooting double digits. Ty Jerome was efficient. He's been a little disappointed with Torment Hunter. He's another one. Yeah, that's, that's, what, I, that's what I said watching uh, the Purdue game. I was yeah. like, you know, for a guy who's about maybe 6'9 and like can take pretty much anyone off the dribble, he's kind of like underwhelming. I don't mm-hmm. know, stuff he does. I just think he could be a little better. but um, More aggressive as well. I think he does, right. lets too much of the game come to him when he needs to take Particularly it. Particularly late-game situations. Like I think he, if he's uh, touted as M- uh, NBA first-round talent, which he is, like a high pick, he should be able to take over games and you know get to the basket. Uh, late in the game, I would just love to see him take that over. Uh, how about one of the more exciting games of the weekend? Purdue, Tennessee. Most frustrating game. Oh, Tennessee. Break I know, heart. threw one away. I was so bummed because I had so much riding on Tennessee. Uh, to be down 18 and then come back and then just not be – they just couldn't get stops at the end. Purdue really executed well. It's the, the fact that – look, salute to Ryan Klein, phenomenal performance, but he cannot create his own shot off the dribble, yet he found so many openings against – Tennessee, the lack of adjustments, whether you want to blame Barnes or you just want to blame the players, whoever it may be, it's just it was absurd to see a player that can't really dribble, can't really move, but still gets so many openings off just picks and all sorts of passes. It was just so super frustrating. But look, Purdue, 99 points, phenomenal execution. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much like all, all tournaments been Klein and Carson Edwards, or Carson Edwards sprinkled with a side of Klein. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say, hey, this is probably Carson Edwards' worst game of the tournament. Right. right, I would say they relatively held him in check on eight for twenty-two. Like you'd think they win that game almost, mm-hmm. but they got out to that early lead. Obviously, Tennessee came back, but yeah. when you come back and um, did they have a chance to win at the buzzer? I forgot what the no, no, they fou- fouled Edwards. Uh, oh, the Carson Edwards, Lam- Lamonte That's Turner, right. who right. was really playing well. Lamonte Turner was one of their better players. They fouled Edwards. Edwards missed the first free throw. Kind of a questionable call too. I, I could see why though. Like I don't think it was definitive one, but I could see why just the angle of it. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little upset with the call when I when I saw it live. Yeah, in that situation, like, like it was in the corner, so it was in a peculiar spot, like where any contact there like looks like really really bad because like the bench is there and they're all going crazy, so he kind of like disappears there. Yeah. But I mean, you know, a little bit of a leg kick, I think, in my in my eyes. <laughs> just fouling, but she's just fouling a jump shoot in a situation, and just you. Grant Williams had such a great block beforehand, and just two seconds left. Just the whole situation, inbounds play. It's like, come on! And it was crazy because Klein was uh, doing the inbounds. Like I was like, why do you not want Klein off a pick? You know, like, yeah. you're one of your lethal scores. You're using this like you need bucket. Right. And, but hey, they got the ball. In Edwards, like I would have done anything to make sure Edwards did not go. Just deny him the ball, force. Eastern or Harms, whoever it may be, and just Tennessee, they paid a price. Uh, Schofield salute had a great performance, but Tennessee, they're just so enigmatic in this tournament between the Iowa collapse and they didn't look all that convincing against Colgate. So I guess it was coming all along, but I just wanted to believe in that team. Yeah, it was like a tale of two games where like they were up twenty and collapsed, and then they came back to like down twenty. It was what's crazy. They're only losing Schofield and Alexander. I don't know. We'll see if Grant Williams and Bone and Bowden and Turner. I don't know if any of them will go to the NBA, but they're still all juniors. Like they could still come back next year, which is kind of crazy. But I don't know. Tennessee, they're kind of like in that Cincinnati, Arizona threshold where it's just like they're always underachieving. And yeah, much. yeah. They never can like – I just can never rely Get through. So, um, yeah, I'm done venting. Tennessee was easily the most <laughs> – great game. Don't get me wrong, but just I nah, – you was. come back like that and Schofield just – he was like single-handedly taking over, but then just a foul in that situation. But Yeah, tough way to – 
Matt Painter, salute. I'm not going to say go out because it did go to overtime after that, but tough way to, you know. Well, in overtime, like I said, they just couldn't get yeah, a stop. They like, couldn't get one at all. Not at all. Um, moving on to Auburn, UNC. Woo. I'm not going to say surprising because I think we said, or was it you? I might have been you who said uh, coming to the tournament, UNC was the most vulnerable one. Yeah. Um, so to see They're them, not great defensively. Right, right. And they bowed out first. Yeah, of the one seeds. Yeah. Sweet 16. So, yeah, what you, would you see there? Because Auburn really was just putting it on them from opening tip to finish. I didn't know how much talent like Auburn had. I, you obviously had the backcourt, Brown and... Harper, Daniel Okiki, and I know always like Macklemore as a as a role player, but just some of these other players like McCormick, the guard, he's really come on. I'm forgetting. Well, Spencer had a pretty decent. Game. I, I I knew Auburn had stars, but I didn't know they would go that deep. But you just see players coming on, and this was another game where they just shot the other team out of the gym and just double digit threes for the second straight game. Oh yeah, they were making it rain. Unbelievable. Three. And I know North Carolina people are gonna say, oh, Cam Johnson had like a flu or he had some high fever for the game, so that's why he struggled and. Kobe White, Kobe White just, I think it was like 4-15. He didn't play well either. Yeah. But just, look, I know North Carolina, their stars struggled from the field. But if you can't get stops, especially against a team like Auburn that's so explosive, you're going to pay the price, and that's what they did. Yeah, for sure. Auburn shot 55% and 45% from three. So <laughs> they were raining. When you shoot 37 threes and hit 45% of them, you're probably going to win that game and put up 97 points like they did. Um, but, but how do you feel about UNC going to the tournament? Because we thought they were vulnerable, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought they were – I just li- like their um their senior leadership yeah. and Cameron Johnson and Luke May. Uh, Luke May played, you know, pretty well. Um, little finally did, got exposed a little bit. We were talking about a little Ned yeah. just defensively. Oh, my God. He was blowing so many assignments. Right, right. Who also uh, coincidentally declared for the draft today. I don't know if you saw that on uh, I did not see that right and not, You know, it was expected. Not really surprised. Right. But, uh, yeah. He's I'm still recovering from Shamari Pons declaring for a draft, even though I've known him for the last six months. I know. I know. Yeah, no, because he declared right after the Tennessee game. I'm like, it's the worst timing. Yeah, yeah. It's officially <laughs> declared for the draft season. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you experienced it too. When did uh, Battle declare? Like right the day after or something. Oh, he was like, I'm out of here. Yeah, but, I mean, hey, he was graduating three years. Like, so. when's, when's Zion going? That's the big question. Uh, any day now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. But I think North Carolina. They gotta be pretty gutted because this is the second straight year where they got blown out of the gym by an SEC team. Even though the SEC yeah. part doesn't really matter, but it's kind of just interesting how it correlates. Yeah. I'm just like I just. UNC. They were good all year, and like they. I know there's obviously asterisks or if the public wants to put asterisks next to the Duke wins, uh-huh. but like they ran with anyone. In the country, like they blew all out year Florida long. State. I think they yeah. beat Virginia or maybe Virginia. Maybe they split. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if they beat Virginia, but I know they lost. They had that bad Louisville loss like yeah. in January. And then they beat everybody. And then after that, they were on a tear. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, weird way to see them bow out, especially like when they really didn't have a chance to win that game. It felt like they were always down mm-hmm. double digits or, you know, eight points or six points. But, uh, yeah. I'm I mean, going to miss Luke May. He was like one of those blue collar post guys. He's totally undersized, but he's he just one gets of those the job like, done. Um, what's that? Oh, this is his name. Perry Ellis. One Perry of those, Ellis feels like one of those ten-year college players. Him and Perkins on the yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, his college career comes to an end, and then wrap it up with Houston, Kentucky, which was really good game, tight down to the end. Another bummer for you. Your your boys, Houston. Yeah, that hurt my bracket. If, if they would have advanced through, I would have had a good shot there. But and, um, and they were up by what three at least with like a minute twenty left. Like they were up, and then yeah. PJ Washington at the end one, although he missed a free throw. He had that block. Oh, at the end, you know, block at one and then the end one and the other yeah. end. I admit it was hard watching this game because Duke VTech was gone and like that game just had all my attention. But I had it on the other screen and it was a bit bland performance. But we expect that these are two very good defensive teams. Right. Uh, Kentucky can't really shoot. Houston could shoot, but Kentucky had the big one. But you got to give credit to PJ Washington. The return. That was his return game. First game of the tournament for him. Didn't miss a beat. Yeah, six for eight. Super efficient. 16 points. Hero yeah. stepped up as well. Yeah, Hero after uh, those defensive assignments like we <laughs> talked about with... Um, why are they blanking my mind? Wofford. Wofford, yes. Fletcher McGee. He finally got you know some freedom. Although Houston guards were tough. I mean, they didn't shoot all that well. Uh, well, they did shoot all right. Corey Davis had a bad game from Didn't Brooks... I, think I saw Brooks do something. Brooks was, I think, 50% from yeah. three, so... But... Uh, Good. Give a big shout out to Houston, though. I didn't know anything about him going to here, and they just totally. Yeah, Kelvin Sampson did a hell of a job yeah, there. Yeah, just the fact they made a three seed and they pushed Kentucky to the limit. And I thought a lot of people were kind of pegging them, including myself, as a team that would get upset early. Like, you know, Iowa State. Right. <laughs> they right. didn't get too well. But, but for them to, they nearly knocked off Kentucky. So, yeah. 
for especially for that program, that conference. Uh, I don't think the pro- conference, maybe them and UCF held up high, but Cincinnati, who's the other team from that conference I'm missing? Cincinnati, UCF. Oh, my God. Cincinnati, UCF, American. Houston. Who am I blanking on? Didn't there, wasn't there one more team? I don't know. I got to go. Oh, Temple. There we go. No, they, they, well, they were in the, the first four. <laughs> All right, so not bad for the American. There are two teams, like, especially UCF. Uh, small yeah. conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah and UCF yeah. gave Duke a hell we'll of a see, run. We'll see how Memphis and UConn do next year. But that conference is slowly going. Hey, they did better than the Big East. Yeah, Big East is making me look bad. Lead eight time? Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was it for the Sweet 16. Um, move on to Saturday, Sunday. You know what? Uh, we'll start it with... So Auburn, Kentucky. We'll keep it down Ooh, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of that game? Because obviously SEC matchup. I think uh, Kentucky beat them by thirty or something in the regular season. They beat them twice, uh, yeah. and then the third time was a charm. Man, it's tough to beat a, th- a team three times in one year. That's Absolutely. that's what they say. So uh, I mean, we saw it here. I was surprised that Kentucky couldn't use their size advantage more, uh, given with Travis Washington. I think Richards and Montgomery barely even played. But Auburn, they just move at this fast pace and they overwhelm teams. And we saw that star backcourt have their best game of the tournament. Both Harper and Brown were lethal. Bryce Brown, this dude just shoots. He's a gunner. He's kind of like a little bit of a Carson Edwards. He's not quite the creator like Carson Edwards, but he is yeah. just fearless when it comes to shooting. And he just he knows that I get the team hype. But I thought this was Harper's best performance. He's been kind of inconsistent. Uh, he actually almost was like single-handedly responsible for losing that game against New Mexico State, but they pulled through. Yeah. Which is, by the way, how crazy you're looking back on now. Oh, yeah. Could have went out. That could have been the biggest implosion between right. not being able to break the press, the poor inbounds plays. Just oh, yeah. Um, and we failed to mention uh, last game. Well, the Auburn UNC game where Oki did tear his ACL, oh, yeah. right? So they went. And he was the, a lean score that game. They were right, and he was yeah. shooting lights out. So they went into this game without Okiki, who actually pretty you know feel good moment was on the sidelines. Oh yeah, which was nice. So he got to cut down the nets for school. Because I think he was their third lean score this year. Yeah, behind Brown Harper, and he like that was his coming out party against UNC. Right. Obviously, he, he was killing. And he's six eight, and you think his length could at least give problems to uh, Travis and Washington, but him not being there, that was a major concern. And I just thought the first half Kentucky looked to be in complete control, but you let a team like Auburn stick around, you're gonna pay the price. Right. I mean, you talk about PJ Washington too. I think he's done with Kentucky, but he really did his thing. Uh, twenty eight points. Like, what a monster weekend for you know for his yeah. first you know action of the tournament. Just raised the stock completely up. He, oh yeah, he didn't even think he was gonna play, and because I think he was doubtful going to the Houston game. And he just right, right. Calipari was like, "Oh, we'll see." Like yeah. playing you know, super, like yeah. super tight. Calipari doing Calipari things. But yeah, um, but yeah. So you know, Auburn had enough to pull through there. I really liked. Purifoy gave them good minutes off the bench to deal with yeah. the size. They and have these guys, Austin Wiley, who you know was a top recruit coming in, but you know he's. He's all right, they, but they just both provided enough size defensively to, you know, not really shut down P.J. Washington but everything else, really. Like, like you said, the Nick yeah. Richards of the world. Reed Travis only shot five times. Like, if they were to win this game, I thought it would be inside, like you said, because they had that advantage. But to not go to Reed Travis, I thought it was a big mistake. Yeah, I think, well, for me, other than Duke, Gonzaga, and Tennessee, I rank Kentucky as, like, the fourth team I thought that window. But I ultimately just looked at the lack of outside shooting, lack of premier game. Hagen's is just very limited. Hero's yeah. inconsistent. Johnson didn't really do much this tournament. It's just the lack of permitter scoring was going to affect them because you really need that in college basketball, especially going against these fast-paced teams. And you can only rely so much on defense and scoring and half-court. Once teams speed up like Auburn, it's, it's going to be really difficult. And it's Auburn, it's, it's still – it's pretty mind-boggling for a, a program like that. They beat – Three powerhouses. Yeah, two blue bloods. Yeah. Like, to get to the final four. Like, just the name value of that. Just team after team. Like, that's one of the most impressive things. And um, I guess you could put Virginia up there as kind of a powerhouse. Maybe not quite the traditional one. Michigan State, you could definitely. Like, they might have, depending on what your judgment is, a minimum four if they beat Michigan State powerhouses looking back on it. But they could possibly have five if you could say Virginia if they go all the way. Right, right. That's insane. And, like, Auburn is a team that's – like, they weren't on the bubble, but they were a team that people are like – they could have been maybe a six or seven seed if they didn't win the SEC tournament. Right. And now they're a five, and phew, just took it from there. Yeah. And then uh, after UK got bounced, you saw that Calipari got a lifetime contract today. Well, UCLA is trying to – No, but he's going to sign the lifetime contract oh, from Kentucky, which is kind of ridiculous. But <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> lifetime contract. Yeah. But just one last thing on Auburn. Like, what were your expectations for him? Because I really – I thought Sweet 16. I thought they were going to torch Kansas, give him the talent, but I had not I mean, seen him be North Carolina. Yeah, I had Kansas knocking them out. Oh, wow. But remember, remember – well, we saw that game. Remember we went out that night? <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Was that Saturday night? Yeah. That was that Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember we – 
we were watching it. We were just like, yeah, this game wasn't close. And it was like a double-digit deficit when we when we headed out and we got to the bar. And it was just like 23 20 point. point. Yeah. <laughs> and it was on from there. So, right. um, yeah, definitely a huge overachievers. In my eyes, anyway, Auburn's. And shout out to Sir Charles and uh, Bruce Pearl. Yeah, Charles Barkley just living Going to the Final Four. Um, how about Virginia-Purdue? Oof. We'll keep it on the same side of the bracket. Man. Game of the weekend? Just the amount of shooting. Yeah, it has to be game. I know Michigan State-Duke had all the I just think that the, way, the way everything transpired, it was game of the weekend. Unbelievable. And just the fact that I, the fact that Purdue hit seven threes and Virginia was only down four like in the first half was crazy. And just seeing Edwards, like, like people didn't think Edwards was going to top what he did against Villanova. And then to do this against one of the most elite defensive teams in the country. Just unbelievable. Because Edwards, we've seen during the season, he could be very erratic. Like, he's had some bad games against, like, Minnesota, Rutgers, Iowa. Like, he's had some terrible shooting games. But he, just the consistency he shot with the minus Tennessee, just unbelievable. Yeah, this dude literally took over. I remember he had, like, 35 or 60 points or something when I was watching. I don't point. think anyone scored more than seven points on Purdue. Nah, they didn't. It was <laughs> a straight 42-point effort from Carson Edwards. Dude, when he hit that bank shot three, I think it was overtime. I was like, yo, everything. There's no stopping this guy today. Yeah. Like, literally no stopping. It, the funny thing is, because I, I, I totally slept on Purdue. I'll admit, totally got it wrong. But we kind of, in terms of their success, it was going to, we'd said they're a, kind of a one dimensional team. All right, Klein and Harms are decent role players, and Eastern's a good defender. But they're going to live and die off Carson Edwards. If Edwards is on, they can make a serious run. But if he has one of those games, they could get bounced early. But nah, they were living. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and I think Carson Edwards broke the three point record. And, it was formerly Glenn Rice's. Oh, wasn't JJ Redick? I think it was Glenn Rice. Oh, okay, salute to Glenn um, Rice. But he only did it in four games. Oh wow! Right, because he got well, they're knocked out now. But good lord, what a ridiculous run from Carson Edwards! And uh, yeah, it was like it came down to that Ty Jerome uh, foul. Well, the foul on Ty Jerome mm-hmm. nails the front end of the one and one, and then misses on purpose. And the Kaite like makes that insane tip out. Wow! Right, and then Purdue That's freak. I don't know what happened. I mean, they contested it, but. Um, What's his name? Got it right right back up there. I'm blanking on his name now. The little guy. Clark? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kai Clark. Hit a big three against Oregon, I remember. Yeah, he's one of those just those steady role players that Tony Bennett brings in every year. He yeah, defends, he's five foot nine. Like, he defends really well, though. Like, yeah, he is. Yeah, like he's limited. Like, and he's I, steady with the ball, too. Uh, true. You need that, especially in your backcourt, especially when you want to break the press. But um, They're going to need that against Auburn. We'll talk about later. But like, th- those guards are going to be in his face, so you need those ball handlers. Because you can't rely on everything on uh, Ty Jerome. Right, right. Yeah. So well, was he able, was really good in that game, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Was able to get that pass up to Dikaite, and it was like a weird catch and shoot, and like, mm-hmm. I mean, nailed to perfection. But, but you see, Tony Bennett made adjustments. Like, Salt, I think, played like 35 minutes that game. If yeah, I'm he not did. Yeah, yeah. Because you had to guard uh, Harms. So just once again, Tony Bennett making the right moves. And it was such a good feel good moment to see him finally get the recognition that he deserves. I think everyone that watches College Pitchfield knows how good he is. Like, he's a phenomenal coach. But we're talking about the wide spectrum because, look, Virginia's been looked at as a punchline. Right, and the missing line on Tony Bennett's resume was the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's finally out of the way now. He overcame that. And, yeah, like you said, like, they got knocked out by UMBC last year. Mm-hmm. And, it, I, it, you know, people said that last year that it couldn't have happened to a better person. Because he handled it with like pure class. Oh yeah, and uh, he, you know he said we'll be back, and they pretty much brought everyone back. Um, and the you know the amount of perseverance from from the team, you know, to be the punching line of the tournament last year to now a Final Four appearance. Because they've had some grueling exits. Obviously, Syracuse upset them. I remember when they right, right. they lost to Florida and they scored I think like forty two points. This is I don't know if it was two years ago, three years ago, whatever the year it wasn't Syracuse UMBC like in between or maybe whatever. Uh, I remember they played Florida. They were a five seed. Florida was a four seed, and Florida beat them. Like Virginia, like forty-two points. Be like, this is your style, Basel. This is this is gonna lead you to a final four. And hey, they had to take a lot of bumps. There's a lot of bumps on the road, but they're finally here now. And, they, and you have to say they're kind of the favorite. Uh yeah. Ty Jerome had a monster game, uh, along with Kyle Guy, who was finally knocking down some shots. Yeah. And Kyle Guy was in the glass. And we we're like, the I feel like he was grabbing every, I don't, I, like tipped rebound. Like there were a lot of rebounds that were up for grabs where it would get tipped at first. And I felt like Kyle Guy was soaring from everywhere. He had ten rebounds. So a sharpshooter of the caliber of guy could only stroll for that long. Because I, I think the first three games of tournament, he, pre, he strolled a lot, especially Oregon. He, I know he was bad against Oregon. Right. But I don't think he played particularly well against Oklahoma in the Gardner Webb game. I don't remember him doing much, so the fact that he finally came on is not that surprising. He's just he's just he's one of those players just too talented to hold down for too long. Right, and the guys had a big game, obviously, the fourteen seven in the monster basket. The is he a senior time. or? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, because uh, he's somebody like next year. He like well, he could 
still has two more games possibly to boost out. But he's somebody that's really made a difference. Yeah. Came out. He's Both really been under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, then we'll go Texas Tech. Oh, another heartbreaker. Gonzaga. God, another letdown. With, not just saying Gonzaga, but just none of those teams where you look at their roster, just like you have so many scores, so many playmakers. It's like this team is too good to under to underachieve. And just the way they went out after scoring, what, 37 in the first half? And they only ended with 69. And for the most part, they went through bad droughts. Like, they just couldn't execute at all. And Texas Tech eventually just capitalized. Yeah, Texas Tech was just steady all the way through. Um, your boy, Tariq Owens, <laughs> efficient, four, five, nine points. You got to throw him out there. Got to show him love. Hey, that block, yeah. man. If there's any, I don't know what reviewing we could change at college basketball. I don't think it would have made a difference in the game. Texas Tech was probably going to win regardless. But for her, that, how like his foot was clearly out of bounds. Yeah. Like how is that possible? Like how do you miss that? Yeah. But whatever. It's just I think I, Texas Tech clearly deserved it. Once again, that stingy defense came to play. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mooney and Moretti kind of carried the Owens as Culver had a down game, right? Five and nineteen. It was well, kind of, un- I guess, yeah, uncharacteristic. Moretti hit some threes in this one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He was Big getting shots. away through. But I thought Perkins had a really bad game. Perkins was blowing a lot of defensive assignments. Some. Careless turnovers. I think Gonzaga had at least 15 turnovers, if not more. There, some of these teams like they're powerhouses, but they just get careless with the ball. Yeah, and Perkins is a senior. And I, I don't know if you saw his post uh, post game press conference where he was like really dejected and like took full blame for it. I mean, he didn't play well. Credits to him. He's a yeah. senior, but you know it just sucks to go out like that, especially yeah. you know a great four year career yeah. with Gonzaga. They were felt like they've been a one seed for the last five years. So, and he was at the helm uh, for that. So. And then Norvell was taking a lot of bad shots. Hachimura, really good first half, but he, I felt like he didn't like taking, like Texas Tech was getting really physical with him and he couldn't respond. Like other than Clark, no one was really banging down low. Right. Till was a non-factor. So. Yeah, Tilly, like, I just, one for three, like only three shots for Killian Tilly. Like, yeah. I love Killian Tilly. He's a threat offensively. And mm-hmm. I feel like for him to win, like he needs to be more involved. Um, just didn't really get it going. I think Gonzaga's size actually was a detriment to them because Texas Tech with those guards with Moretti, Culver, and although Culver is more of a small forward, but he's still explosive enough to right. be across. Like Gonzaga's size and lack of guards probably is a downgrade for him in this game because Texas Tech, has, they're mostly guard-oriented and they move at fast pace and they could shoot. Right. Even, I mean, even they're like three goings, like we said, like he's just super athletic, right. lengthy, big man. He's not really someone's going to go down there and bang with you. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So By the way, I speed. am... Besides the obvious reasons, like we're going to talk about Duke, but I am su- kind of bummed we don't get Zion at 280 driving down the lane and Tariq yeah. Owens, what, 195 at best, trying to stop him for the real. Like, Tariq Owens is just Bro. as skinny as it gets. We got Taco Fall. We got it. We got, we got Zion. We got enough freak show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, look, salute to Texas Tech. I feel like every game they played in this tournament, their defense has been outstanding. Uh, not quite on the Michigan level, but still very well. You got to give him credit. The second half to bounce back like that. Because the first half, I was kind of concerned for him because it's just they're playing at Gonzaga's pace. If this game was going to the 70s, 80s, you have to give it to Gonzaga. Right. But Texas Tech, they were just making shot after shot. And they were winning a lot of loose balls. Yeah. And ultimately prevailed by six. So 75, 69, Texas uh, Tech. So the final four yeah. kind of unorthodox. Yeah. I, mean. I, I know you are one of the people that always defend Gonzaga. Is it, are you at the point now? It's just you're kind of frustrated over them. Um. Yeah, I mean, I always liked them because I feel like nationally they I mean, they, they play in the West Coast Conference, so you, I guess you know everyone, they're a powerhouse playing in a mid-major conference, right? So they don't really play. That's the knock is they they did have a really good off uh, non-conference here. They played Duke, they played Tennessee, um, but when it comes to conference time, it's like a two-month stretch where or three-month stretch leading up to the tournament where you don't really see a good team. You know, right. air quote air quotes like a good team. You see St. Mary's who beat them in the tournament True. final, so they were True. coming off a loss, which was. I thought good for them, but you know what? They came up short, and I, it's tough, man. Because they do have the talent every year, right? Like, they have Norvell. I thought this was one of their best rosters. Like, right. like, what do you think the roster was better? This one or the one in 2017 when they made it to the final? With uh, Williams and Nigel. Nigel Williams-Goss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that team was really good, too. But I think this um, one was even better, though, because Hachimura. Yeah, the, the Hachimura is probably and the Clark best the player they would have had, like, on both rosters. Yeah. And Clark. Yeah. And then you have Norvell, like Josh Perkins was on both teams too. So yeah, so um, yeah, but like this Gonzaga team is so good and disappointed. I know it was a difficult region for him, but the way they handled Florida State, I was just like, all right, like this team should make the Final Four. Like I really wanted to see Duke and Zach because that first game of the year, that was like one of the first college games I watched. And I was right, like, this matchup has to happen again. The fact that we're not getting it's a little disappointing, but look, both teams. 
they got outplayed. You can't really be too upset about it, regardless, right. of, regardless of where your money lies. <laughs> Well, let's get on to that. How about Duke getting outplayed by Michigan State? Well, Izzo coaching to perfection. What's crazy about this game is that it was like a game of runs. Like Michigan State had the early run. That Duke had like a 13-0 run. They were up by nine. Like, oh, boy, Duke might run away with this one. And then there was like a 14-2 run by Michigan State. Like it, That was how the game was decided. But I felt like when Michigan State needed three, whether it was Goins or Winston or McQuaid, they hit that three. Yeah, and McQuaid had a good game. Like he had, I feel like he came through in big moments. That N one layup was the, like one of the more ridiculous layups I think I've ever seen late oh, in the game. Yeah. Um, and then Kenny Goins bucked that big three. He only he only hit one shot, one three pointer before that, yeah. and wasn't really shooting particularly well. I think it was like one to seven. So to call his number, I know uh, after the game, Cassius Winston said that wasn't what they drew up. It right. just happened to be like the open shot. And when you have your fifth year senior shooting a shot, I mean, it's tough to say it's a bad shot. Right. Um, but he knocked down that big three. I know Henry, who I talked about earlier, uh, didn't particularly have a good game. I just noticed him everywhere. Like, he was making good passes. He was dribbling, getting into the lane. Mm-hmm. It felt like at will. And then he just dished off to Ward. I remember he had one particular one that stood out where he got to the free throw line. Right. Hit Ward down low for an easy layup. But, uh, yeah, I, thought, I mean, we saw it. Michigan State size. Like Xavier Tillman had a he's monster He's been studied this tournament. Yeah, we yeah. haven't talked much about him. But he's somebody that's really come on since Ward got injured. And he continues to play well. Right, and him and Nick Ward in the paint. I mean, Goins also had 10 points, but they were spectacular. They were too much for, I think, for Duke down low. I mean, Duke really could only come back what I felt like uh, Deloria, and he, you know, he's really no match for the physicality yeah, of those he guys. Yeah, ba- Blackshear was just manhandling. Yeah. Him, and Bolden just didn't look right. I mean, he's a tall dude, but like, when he, it comes to size, he's pretty much oh, outsized yeah, by every big. Blackshear was just owning him, and I knew yeah. this game going into it. I'm like, oh, Michigan State has physical bodies down low. Like, if Bolden's not there... 100% it could be a problem I just thought Duke their limitations finally were shown like Reddish who didn't play against Virginia Tech that was a big story uh, he didn't look quite right Barrett was making a lot of bad decisions like I think Barrett had five turnovers or seven turnovers and Zion had five turnovers like Duke turnovers are going to catch up to you like we saw with Gonzaga and now with yeah. Duke it doesn't matter how much star power you have so I thought that was pretty disappointing just the fact that Duke once again really cares the ball I thought Jones could have made a better impact I will give him credit though I thought Winston had one of his uh, poorer games I've seen him play this year. I didn't think it was quite efficient. I thought Jones' defense played a big factor in that, but still finished with twenty. So that's yeah, he, he dude, he's uh, to me he's the best point guard in the country. Like, yeah, he's I don't gonna know, get his. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like you could talk about Moran, you could talk about other NBA prospects, but I'm just talking about body of work. I right, maybe Moran fine, his body work's phenomenal, but other player like Winston is the real deal. Right. So, but I just thought Duke and once again their shot slush. I know they have the superstar talent to get away with it, but man, RJ Barrett's shot selection was really bad in this one. Yeah, forcing a lot, and ultimately had a chance to uh, tie it though. Since the overtime, we so, talked about that free throw shooting. Uh, eight for thirteen from the line. Yeah. So, uh, and I was disappointed by O'Connell. I thought O'Connell was a really good shooter. Both games, like I thought he was going to step like, up, hit some big threes. Not getting the playing time. Yeah, I guess not. That didn't help. But I thought he was going to hit some threes, like be one of those clutch players. But yeah, it just Duke. You you can only rely on like a two pronged attack for so long. Yeah, well, Cam Reddish, too, is supposed to be, like, the shooter going into the year, and he's kind of, like, you know, disappointed a little bit. But I don't think anyone's stock, I feel like, was hurt more all year because coming into the year, you, you, I think everyone's big board was, you know, they have, they have the top three draft picks, right? It's, right. It's RJ, Zion, Reddish, whatever order you want to put them in. But that was the – that was, like, the the, the spiel with them. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, Cam Reddish – I just yeah. feel like just didn't live up to that hype. Although, you know, he's still obviously a hard Jones play. Well, I'll give Jones. I don't want to call it a two-prong attack when Jones put a big factor in that Virginia attack. But I just thought, it's the, you expect a team like Duke with more consistency with their role players. I didn't really think the role players all that stepped up. Yeah, yeah. So. It was more like ISO ball. It felt like that game more than anything. And another thing we had to uh, talk about Duke, I just thought the premier defense is lacking. You saw UCF. I like, I forgot the percentages, but I thought UCF shot really well. Virginia yeah, Tech was, you know, killed them, yeah. yeah. UCF. Yeah, and then Virginia Tech shot really well, and Michigan State hit some pretty big threes. I just thought Duke's premier defense was lacking in all three games, and they were really playing with fire. Just I don't know if it was like a lack of intensity, but you just I don't know. They didn't. They're just games where they were coasting, and yeah. I thought they were coasting at times in this one, and eventually, just yeah. Michigan State just their execution at the end. Like I said too, at the jump of the show, like you play all these close games, it's it's tough. 
you're gonna lose one eventually, and, and you know what it wound up being there. So, especially when your free throw shooting, you can't hit free throws. Like Zion was two of five, and Zion was badly missing a couple of free throws too. As much as I love Zion, yeah, he's not, well, he's not a good free throw shooter to begin with. Like yeah. he shoots. I know they were talking about it all broadcast. Like he gets more arc on his three pointer than he does his free throw. Like his free throws are straight bullets. At the it's yeah. weird. Like I, I assume he's gonna obviously refine his game and he's gonna do extensive training workout. But I just figured. I don't know. He could clearly shoot though. That's the thing. Like he has a decent jump shot. That's what I mean. Yeah, his three like does. It looks good. Yeah. Like oh, you know. When it goes in, you're just like oof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, do. yeah. So that's that for the elite eight. Our final four is set next weekend. A little Saturday, Monday, right? Saturday final Always. four. Five o'clock. Whatever it's five o'clock and six o'clock, and I think eight forty nine. Okay, yeah. so yeah, yeah. Always weird times. Of yeah, yeah. Super weird times. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. I think Michigan State won their title in 01 because I remember Tom Izzo was like, yeah, last time we were here, it was snowing. And wow. It was 60 degrees yesterday, so he was like, yeah, that was a good yeah. thing. Um, before we break down Final Four, you want to talk about like some best moments and yeah, we have like, a general discussion of like what were some of the highlights of this tournament. Yeah, definitely. What was your favorite moment? Like, you know, just from, you know, all, all around from the group stage because the group stage is obviously over now, but that, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything besides Carson Edwards. <laughs> yeah, he was Carson a monster. Uh, dude, some of the Auburn games, like the, that North Carolina game was crazy. Just the amount of – because I feel like three-point shooting, like when you see teams really get hot, like a Wofford or even Belmont. Be, that Belmont-Maryland game, well, I'll always have a whole soft oh, spot. Yeah. I thought it was just such a high-level game for 6-11. Just those teams were just going at it left and right. That was great. But just like, the hot shooting between Wofford, Auburn – Carson Edwards, even though I'm a big man at heart, like I used to play center growing up, so I try to hold down for the big man. I want to. I miss seeing traditional big man play. Like Frank Kaminsky is like my favorite player because yeah. like he was holding down when, but uh, it was like mostly a guard oriented tournament. But it was cool seeing all these great jump shooting teams do their thing, especially teams that weren't favorites. Like you look at Wofford and you look at Purdue and uh, who did I mention for Oh Auburn. So yeah. that was a big highlight for me. Yeah, Dylan Windler's performance was a big highlight. Like you Oof. said, the Belmont game. Like he was lefty stroke, single handedly, like keeping them in that game. Um, and I know Rick Bird, their coach, retired today. Uh, oh, did he? Win? Yeah, 800 wins. So shout out to him at Belmont. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was Wofford, that that uh, monster single handedly comeback by Miles Powell in the Seton Hall game. Man. And then Wofford <laughs> to just bury them at the end of the game. 16 0 run ended. That was something. Um, but yeah, a lot of good games. A couple good overtimes games. The Virginia Purdue game is obviously a highlight of the tournament for mm-hmm. me. Uh, like Carson Edwards, forty-two. Like that was just legendary. You um, see Irvine, the Anteaters knocking out a Dean Waitlist, Kansas wow. State. Oh, your boys, LSU, Maryland. That was one of the games of the tournament. That was yeah, that was a really good game. The first that opened up to the round of thirty-two. So that was a great start for that. Um, but yeah, give, I want to give some love to Buffalo. I remember we we I was watching a little bit. We were we were watching games that day, but Buffalo. Uh, once again, just blowing an, an Arizona-based team out of the tour. Arizona last year, this year Arizona yeah, State. Bobby Hurley too, former yeah. former Buffalo coach. And how about John Moran too, Marcus Howard? I was really looking oh, forward to that. And John man. Moran just blew that game Oof. out of the water by himself. He had his one shining moment, not to steal the turf, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that was a big eye. But also, we also got to give a look to that UCF Duke game. Just the drama and Dawkins. Do want to talk about big time performances? You just like seeing those players that don't get much national attention. Just do their thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's another thing. Yeah, Aubrey Dawkins' performance against Duke was really, really yeah. uh, impressive. Uh, any couple letdowns you want to mention? Um, bah, 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 let down. Eh, not really, to okay. be honest. I've already um, vented about Tennessee. I'll, I'll look up Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, and we won't bring up our personal TCS. Yeah, yeah. That's really my only letdown is not winning a game from Syracuse. <laughs> but um, other than that, I mean, no, nah, I really let down. It was... Like we said, a very chalky tournament, right? Going into the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe a really couple of the paralysis, like seeing Villanova Kansas go out like that was kind of like, really? Is yeah, Villanova was a little bit of a letdown Jesus. the way they got blown out. Yeah. That doesn't happen to Villanova. Like no. the Villanova that we know. No, not at all. Yeah, so yeah. I, I guess so, yeah. But other than that, it's tough to find disappointments for me this tournament. I also think just the way, oh, the way Michigan go out, went out. And I was kind of talking about last week how they That's kind right. of disappointed. But just to given that their talent level and just, I think John Rothstein said best that uh, Beeline is never you never seen a John Beeline team just go out like that just d- dismantled at every level, so that was definitely let down to see Michigan because Michigan they they've just provided so many good moments over the years you know last year with the Jordan Poole shot and just then yeah. went to final and they've really overachieved the past couple of years just the fact that you know, just 
getting blown out like that by Texas Tech is something no one could have foreseen. So that was a bit of a letdown. But for the most part, I, this tournament, as usual, delivered. I know the first weekend people were a little underwhelmed by, but I thought this past weekend, especially Saturday and Sunday. All the Elite Eight games were ridiculous. Unbelievable. People are saying it's like one of the best Elite Eights in totally. history. Definitely. I mean, there was OT You had drama games. at every level. Right, high level, couple overtime games with yeah. Kentucky and uh, the Virginia game, wild upsets. Right, right. So yeah. it, it it was I think a great punctuation on the the regional um, groups. Uh, but we're here, the Final Four now, right? We got let's look at Michigan State, Texas Tech. What do you see going on here? It's gonna be both teams really know how to defend. We gotta take that into account. Uh, I think this game where Texas Tech they're gonna need cover to be take better shots. I thought shot selection with Gonzaga was pretty disappointing. Just he was taking a, he was forcing a lot, which wasn't going to, I don't think they could rely on Moretti and Mooney as much. Cause I think Michigan state's a better defensive team than Gonzaga, but with Michigan state, I think you definitely have to favor them, but they're another team. If they're not shooting particularly well, like it's that stingy defense Texas tech, they could struggle to score because it's not like they have many explosive uh, scores on the wing. Like they'll pound you inside, but I think Texas tech has proven uh, size doesn't really affect them. They're going to defend really well, and they're going to make you take bad shots. Right. I think their size is going to be tough, too. I know you said that played to a disadvantage for Gonzaga. But I just think, like, I see, I think I could see Kenny Goings uh, getting more on the block with Nick Ward and uh, Henry. I feel like he's going to be, you know, free throw line or, you know, in the paint area just looking to get to the rim because he's also, like, he's like a 6'9", you know, freakishly athletic big. But, yeah, I'm having a tough time. I wonder how Izzo's going to approach this, though, because I think you have to play at a quicker pace against Texas Tech because if you get into a half pace, um, if you get into like a half-court offense, we saw how much Gonzaga struggled right. playing at half-court. If Texas Tech slows it down and plays at their pace, they're so grimy to play against. I think Tech, Michigan State, they could get me offensive rebounds, and they have the outside shooters to make you pay. But I think it's a game where I don't know how small Michigan State wants to play or if they can't play. But I just think Winston's got to play a really quick pace, get those easy buckets. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I I know I've on you know I've slept on Texas Tech's whole tournament, but I can't see like a Mooney or Moretti like getting in the way of Cassius Dude, Winston. Moretti, Moretti is awesome. Man. I love. Nah, him. he is. He is. But yeah, defensively, he's liability, and uh, it does have to be mentioned he commits some terrible turnovers in that like last few minutes in that game. Like when he was getting pressed, you could tell how uncomfortable he was. And Winston's a very good defender, so I could see Winston giving problems at both ends. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to the Jared Culver, uh, Aaron Henry, I feel like, matchup. matchup. I just feel like that, you know, Aaron Henry, the young buck, the freshman, they're probably going to be asking for a lot of him. I think that's going to be the assignment for, for him yeah. uh, come Saturday. Because yeah. crazy. Like, I've doubted Texas Tech these last two yeah, games. Yeah, so like, have I, and I'm yeah. doubting them again here. Yeah, same here. Like, I was pretty confident Michigan. Well, I was pretty confident Gonzaga, and now I'm pretty confident Michigan State. Yeah. It's not just because of Bioware. I think the matchup really works well for him. I know it could get pretty ugly but it's like michigan state can play ugly though this isn't a team that shies away from physicality and they can't take and they can take and make difficult shots like winston right. McQuaid or will hit difficult shots right and they're experienced you know guards and i love tom Izzo. i can't i just can't pick against the tom Izzo led team in march it's, it's tough but, but although it's, it's april <laughs> it's crazy though the fact that two of the last three years i had michigan state going away 2015 that valent with denzel valentine then last year I had middle him, tennessee yeah and i had him last year with cuse but like, this team is clearly not as talented as those teams. Yeah, look where they're at. Right. Because yeah. those teams in the past few years, you know, with Bridges and Valentine, they had legit top 10, top 15 caliber player. Right, like NBA talent, yeah. And now it's just not really, but they just know. They, they take I think the b- biggest thing you watch with Michigan State, they really do take smart shots. They know how to use the clock right. They move the ball really well. And I think that's how you're going to beat Texas Tech. They just... Teams get so panicky when they like you saw Michigan. How many bad shots Michigan took? In that yeah, game? late in the clock. Yes. Yeah, like you said, a half court offense. They kind of just so fell apart. I'm gonna take Michigan State. I'm not particularly confident, but I just think they're smart enough. They have the senior leadership, and uh, I just think Texas Tech's limitations offensively will come back to haunt them. Yeah, same here. I'm going Michigan State. I just think the veteran leadership of like a McQuaid, Kenny Goings, Cash Winston, obviously, even Nick Warwick throwing there. Like they're just veteran laden everywhere you look and. I just think it's going to be too much for Texas Tech, who's uh, relatively new to this stage, right? Chris Beard is his first Final Four. Which but they is, made the lead eight last year. Right, right, right. Like, I think his That's record true. is That's like 7-1 or 7-2 in the tournament. Like, it's a really good record. We think about. Right, and he, I think he had led Arkansas Little Rock to a win when he was there before he got to oh, so Texas that might be, Tech. Because at first, I thought he only had one loss to Nova, 
But then yeah, I was yeah. like, he coached, He had a coach somewhere before. I Little Rock, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he's seven two. But remember, yeah, they made the, they made the the Elite Eight last year. They beat a That's good right. Purdue team. I know Isaac Haas was out, but still that. Um, they also beat Florida. That was a good win. So this guy is, it's, he has not much experience, but resume speaks for itself for sure and keep in mind it's also different they'll be playing i think in the, the viking stadium so you know it's minneapolis so it's always different for teams we'll see how fast or how slow which is more likely of a start they get off to yeah. um considering you know the death perception of the shots you know it's a lot different than being in the gym so that's another factor to take into account can they use the horn <laughs> start the game the yeah. viking horn yeah. um but yeah, I'm going to go Michigan State there. You, you too? You yeah, well? I got to go Michigan State. Cool, cool. Sorry, Chino, if he's listening. <laughs> he's laughing right. his way through. By the way, does anyone, do they win anything? $200 for for first place. In VM. Winner take all. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Gonzaga, never again. Because, <laughs> dude, I was telling you, I was 11th. I was like, oh, if Gonzaga wins. Yeah, Chino I, is sitting real pretty I right thought, I, I And was, he's probably like, yeah, keep picking against Texas Tech. And like, like, I was yep. thinking if I was going to win, I was like, I mean, I'll get a merch. Maybe I'll get a beer from Joe. But <laughs> damn it. Damn it. All right, man, let's move on. You got to thank you for participating. Uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Auburn, Virginia. What are you looking at? I think it's a more compelling game. What do you think? I mean, just like. Uh, I don't know. The Actually, stories. I don't know about compelling. I don't know. Make us the stories, and I just think there's more um, star talent in this are, game. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I also like they're all it. good stories, but I just think there's more star talent. There's more compelling. In, That's in, true. Yeah. I mean, there is. I mean, you have DeAndre Hunter, you have Ty Jerome, you have Kyle Guy. Like, I guess bigger names, sure. And then Auburn, that backcourt, in the backcourt, you have Bryce yeah. Brown and uh, and those guys and Harper. I think it's know, another so. game where it's just like, okay, Auburn, they got to play at fast pace because if they get in a half court game, Virginia, that defense will stifle you. But at the same time, Virginia has their drafts. And Auburn, they've really picked it up defensively. So you have to take that into consideration. And it does not it's not like Virginia has the size to uh, overwhelm Auburn. Because that was a little bit of a concern going to Auburn. It's like, is Auburn's lack of height going to be a problem? But it really hasn't been. Right, right. So, But it's just, can is that backcourt going to keep shooting like they have? Like it just At some point, it's just... Because it's really unsustainable, but it's March Madness where you just need four or five games to get hot. So Auburn's been hot for three games now. Why not? Can, why can't they stay hot? But it is kind of unsustainable when you think about it. Like 16 threes, really? Yeah. And now they're playing the best. Well, I know Kentucky's a very good defensive team, but now they're playing arguably the best defensive team in the country. So I think it's a difficult matchup for Auburn, but it's just how they're another team. Like, how can you doubt them at this point? Yeah, they, they definitely, I feel like. Could get out and run like that. That would be the key to success for them. Um, but they also have like the speed advantage. I feel like if you have, oh yeah, I mean, Kia Clark will probably seeing a lot of minutes considering he's smaller, and I think he's he'll match up well with either Bryce Brown or Harper. Um, I think particularly Harper because he's on this side, but maybe they want to put Jerome. Who depends? Like that's right, gonna be, right. that's gonna be but Jerome. Fun you know, that's what I mean. Like Jerome and Guy, they don't strike me as you know quick guards or able to keep up. So True. it'll be interesting for you know either of those guys who behind Kia Clark who's gonna have to match up there because, like you said, Auburn has. Not the height advantage, but they definitely have the speed and that you know athleticism. I feel like oh, yeah. the, the advantage there in that department. Yeah. But I just think Virginia defense is gonna overwhelm them. I know they play with so much poise, even on the offensive end with Tony Bennett and their sets. They really use the whole shot clock. They play the game, they slow the game down, they suck you into their pace. Yeah. Um. So I just think it'll be too much. I think Kyle Guy, you know, has a big game for them, right? Yeah. I mean, Dekai. what Hunter does. Right. Right. DeAndre Hunter. He. I mean. It's tough to see for Auburn, who's a matchup with Deontay, uh, DeAndre Hunter, right? Purifoy, maybe, right? Yeah, he, he, he He's probably the most likely candidate, but he comes off the bench for them, so we'll see. Granted, he did play significant minutes, but I'm just not sure there's a matchup or, you know, a, someone who's going to be able to handle him, mm -hmm. especially if he commands the basketball. We haven't really seen that from him. True. Um, I feel like I feel like it's been mostly Ty Jerome and Guy handling yeah. the late-game situations. Although we did see a little bit of DeAndre Hunter spring-letting as Purdue, but... If he commands the ball, I think he can, you know, get to the free throw line if he wants to all day against this team. He's quietly had a very good tournament tied drum. He was a difference maker against Oregon. I thought it was I don't see much of the Oklahoma game, but it seemed like he was he was at the forefront. Anything that was going right for them and Dicate were the main guys. So I think Ty Jerome is someone that's not getting enough love. So shout out to him, New Rochelle holding it down. That's right. But uh, I own a prep product. But uh I just worry about Auburn because it's like I said, I'm not sure if this how they're shooting is sustainable, and they do take a lot of bad shots, and Virginia will make you pay if you take bad shots. And Virginia, they know how to make the most of their limited possessions. Virginia limits your possessions. That's the thing. And Auburn, they thrive off forcing turnovers and hitting threes. I just don't know if Virginia's the right opponent for us. Like if they would have played, say, like a Purdue or Tennessee, actually the familiarity in Auburn, 
already smoked Tennessee. Right. And they beat them. I think they beat them twice this year. So uh, I think those would be a much better match. I think Virginia, this is the matchup where it's just like, uh, I think it's going to catch up to them. Yeah, so we're going both Virginia and Michigan State. Got to go Virginia. I just think they're more reliable. As much as I love Auburn, uh, maybe if Okiki's playing, would have went on. But yeah, it's just Okiki loss is also crucial. Because yeah. he would have been a good matchup for DeAndre Hunter. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a good point. Because uh, people forget, you, as nice as their win was yesterday, I did Auburn did not look good in that first half. Yeah, like Kentucky really let them off the hook, and just I don't see Virginia going back. I am interested to see how much both teams press, particularly Auburn, because. I just like I said, they want to make this game kind of a street fight, because given how efficient Virginia is, so maybe Bruce Pearl will uh, pick it up there. But I just think Virginia they don't make mistakes, and I just think Auburn. Just, I just don't think this is sustainable. They've had their run, they've dismantled teams, but Virginia is just too efficient. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. I got I got Virginia going through there. Um, who do you got cutting down the nets Monday night? <sighs> Man, I have to give a serious thought. Like these games have been t- part. I I kind of thought I, I was Michigan State. What I didn't have put too much thought into, but I was kind of stumped on Auburn, Virginia looking at. But then I just kind of went the safe route. Here, I'm pretty confident. I'm going Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. it's tough to like break down a game that's you know hypothetical game. Like if I had to go one, I just think Michigan State, given the matchup, I just think the rotation of big men and you know Winston Jerome be a great matchup. But I just think Michigan State, uh, they're more not just a better offensive team, but uh, they don't go through those funks. Like even when they're struggling a little bit, Winston McQuaid they'll hit big shots. I just think Virginia, they go through those droughts and it's, like it's problematic against a team as efficient as uh, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm gonna go Virginia. I just okay. think they grind you. They're gonna grind it out, similar to the, how they did with Oregon. Yeah. Whereas it wasn't their best game, like you said, and they do have those those dry spells of buckets, but they never give away a possession defensively. So. You know, even when they do go through those troubles offensively, they're always bringing on the defensive end. We saw it against Oregon, and I think I think it's going to be you know not too much. I just think it's like you know, like I said, they they always somehow some way wind up having the game played at their pace, right? And I think that's ultimately what's going to get it done for them. I think Virginia winning would be just a huge success for I don't want to say college basketball nerds, but the people that like the Kempom guys, the guys that are really analytically based in college, like they're just totally invested in Virginia because there's people that just just watch every Virginia game, and they just drool over how good they are. Right. While the casual audience, like Virginia, uh, like don't like the style of play, they routinely underachieve. Right, they're not they're not pretty on the eyes, especially no, not for like a casual fan or right. anyone. You know, but them winning would be just a huge like like I could see all these journalists just saying, "We told you it finally happened." Yeah, yeah, because they look they still got to win, like especially now. Like, all right, they finally made it to final four, but they're the favorites now. They they got to win it all. Uh, last one seed remaining too. And, and they don't have to play Duke, who beat them twice. They don't have to play North Carolina. Like this is I don't want to say favorable draw, but this is kind of opening things up for them. Yeah, and it'd be a real nice comeback story too after getting bounced, like we said earlier from <sighs> yeah, uh, the crazy. 16 seed last year. Yeah. Shout out to whoever's running a UMBC account. I like the gif they posted. <laughs> just, oh, they're still going? Well, no, they posted the Leonardo DiCaprio where he raised the glass after uh, they beat Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the timing. I love it. The, it was just impeccable. So I love it. I love it. I hope whoever runs that social media account gets like a job at a major media company someday because that dude's brilliant. Hey, when you're the only or woman to beat a one, you got to hold on to it and you got to make oh, the most absolutely. of it. So, salute absolutely. to them. Absolutely. But yeah, I think, but could you imagine though, like, teams we didn't predict like how weird a texas tech auburn final would be like, i would love it but it would be weird oh everyone would hate it like, really me- everyone no well media i mean like you know the ratings people you know people i don't know tv oh but I I, the auburn stories lowest draws i feel like i know they're, oh they are like for us of course yeah. but i'm just saying like you know in general for and it's, and it's not like because remember the whole kentucky uconn was the lower seeds right right it wasn't like okay these are two blood programs yeah. yeah yeah it's two different stories it's i feel like, like auburn's kind of a football program texas tech it's like pat mahomes yeah yeah but it would be weird i got definitely think michigan state virginia if worst comes to worst that'd be the best matchup yeah but um like, let's quickly look at it. like what so auburn oh my god no, no virginia texas tech would be rough Oh, yeah. That'd be a defensive struggle. <laughs> Although Culliver and Al- Like, we talked about Culliver and Hunter, the two best prospects. That'd remaining. be a fun matchup. So, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be two NBA guys going at it. Because so, if you look at it, like, I mean, um, like we said, Michigan State doesn't really have that NBA first-round talent. Texas Tech does. Auburn doesn't. Right. You know? So, so that'd be like, yeah, problem. that'd probably be the that most intriguing NBA prospect matchup. And then Auburn-Michigan State would be kind of cool. I yeah, it'd be, I think this that'd is where Auburn's size would get tested, though. Right, but yeah. I think that'd be a, a fast-paced game, high octane offense. Winston if, Harper. Yeah, yeah, 
cat like that'd be straight back and forth fast breaks. Right, so. We got options, people. It's still compelling. I know ninety five percent brackets are busted. A lot of people probably stop watching. Yeah. If but if you if you just pick Michigan State off brand or you're one of those people that's like finally I'm gonna rely on Virginia and you just love college basketball, you're like, all right, this is the year that's gonna happen, salute to you because look, unless you're Chino with Texas Tech and look, no one picked all the guys <laughs> that. So but look, it's still compelling. Final four weekends awesome and national title game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout like last year. No, nah, I hope not. Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for uh, following along these last three weeks. It's been a, a fun ride. I've you know enjoyed being the host and having Alan join me for the last three weeks. So thank you to you, Alan, for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime. I know you're probably my biggest college basketball junkie friend out of everyone. So it's always good to chop it up and you know just dive into March. I love it. You know, we have to wait a whole nother year for this, but uh, it was a fun, it was a good tournament, not one for Cinderella's, but I, I loved it. I mean, this, this elite a made up for everything in my oh, eyes. Yeah. So, and we had some fun with sweet 16. I thought sweet 16 picked up. There were some good games. There yeah. were, there were, it was a, it was a great weekend of yeah. games and we you know we're going to obviously, you know, cap it off with the final four here this weekend. So just great. Just great. I mean, I love it. So uh, are are you specifically pulling for anyone in particular now your bracket's out or I mean Virginia I, oh oh so, you still kind of have them though, yeah so I have yeah. them winning it all so it's just like a pride thing like yeah I picked the winner okay. what do you do but uh, okay. yeah uh, I I kind of would like to see Virginia win I guess hold it down for the ACC uh, I'm kind of rooting for Auburn I like the Auburn store a lot yeah yeah, yeah I like just what Bruce Pearl is doing just that backcourt and if I didn't have a dog in the fight I'd root for Texas Tech just the most like I guess unorthodox program in the in yeah. the Final Four you know yeah because. Last day with Texas Tech, you know what's crazy? So you have the top 10 player in Culver, but you look at the rest of the roster. You have transfers in Moretti and Mooney and Owens. Moretti is kind of – well, Moretti's not actually not a transfer. He's like international base. But then you have the transfers in um, Owens and Mooney, and you just have a bunch of other guys. Yeah, yeah. So and Culver. So yeah, it's, like, it's just weird how they're structured. But dude, and Chris Beard at the helm. Chris Beard at the helm, that's right. So wow. that's, I can see why people get behind Texas Tech, but I don't know. Maybe I'm bitter because Gonzaga <laughs> lost out 200, man. That's it. You're done for, Alan. Alan, if they're looking for you, where can they find you? Alan underscore Sturk. That's A double L E N underscore S T R K. Um, if you're looking for me, you can find me at NDVL27 on Twitter and the gram. The show is at Veterans Minimum. And thank you for all the patrons for supporting the show. If you're looking to become a patron, you can at patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. Um, yeah, just thank you for the patrons for participating and making this, this group of, you know, madness a whole ton of fun the last couple of weeks shout out to chino it looks like he may be coming down with it but we'll see you never know what happens this is march as john rothstein says um well though it's now april yeah <laughs> just looking forward to the end here so yeah thanks for um tuning in and we'll see you next time this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.